0: Okay, let's talk about a hard side of unschooling, sitting with discomfort. As we dig into our deschooling work of looking at and shedding limiting beliefs around relationship, learning, and community, there's so many times where our worlds get flipped upside down and we just wanna to try to remedy and fix things, falling back to old patterns. In this episode, we share our perspective about how these moments are in fact opportunities to pause and reflect and evolve in our care of ourselves and the young people in our lives.
1: Button. Okay. So we can just do this now again no, after I like, how many tries? I think we
0: should just hit record and just talk. And you're like, yeah, that's what we do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh so yeah, we're here to talk about a very uncomfortable topic, which is sitting with discomfort.
0: Yeah, I mean we've been like talking about how are we gonna start this episode and wait, hey, like what are we and then we were like I don't know what we're doing and It was just a perfect little right moment of discomfort. So we're like, we're just going to start with it. I think the reason why we wanted to talk about this was because I think... It has
1: come up so much lately for you, for me, also for the group that we've been working with and for other people that we observe and and kind of... um...
0: Yeah, live our lives with. Yeah, I mean, I think when we look at de-schooling, unschooling the world, especially like on social media and stuff, there's so much around like, oh, look, my kids are like walking through the forest. Unschooling is great. Yeah, being free, free living and learning. And that's all amazing. Um, And it
1: is definitely part of it. It is
0: part of it. But there's also, oh, there's so much. It's not black or white, right? And so it's like, because de-schooling and unschooling is a journey and we're constantly unpacking a lot of things and questioning our beliefs and trying to be better i think every day in the ways in which we relate to our young people and ourselves it's it is a journey and the journey isn't always easy and there can be a lot of discomfort in 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 that gray you know and what we observe in ourselves
1: and in others is that when there is discomfort coming up we kind of tend to not want to feel it uh, I would say that the, the, like the common strategies would be many times just to try to fix it or change something or, or it could be the circumstances or trying to change someone else or, or or fix something so that this uncomfortable feeling goes away.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I'm thinking of, of examples in this. Like I think I see this, in facilitation a lot, like in learning spaces, you know, when there's conflict Mm. between kids and many times it's easy to want to just like, okay, let's get together. Let's fix this. Let's come to a a solution. Let's come to an agreement, right?
1: Apologize, shake hands and be friends again.
0: Yeah. And I mean, in so many of the spaces that we're in, there's so much awareness around like how to hold space for young people to be able to have dialogue and understand one another and themselves. But sometimes it just fucking sucks. Like, sometimes people aren't happy. And sometimes there is no solution. And sometimes it means that there's going to be, like, really, like, a lot of big emotion.
1: And... Which is uncomfortable, obviously, for the kids, but also for the
0: grown-ups. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I think... What I see is that there's um, a tendency, like an, a, a a desire to want everything to be like happy all the time, right? <laughs> like yeah, you know, like our families are in flow all the time. Like this unschooling thing is really <laughs> like oh we're just jamming and and no, that's not the case. Like some days we fuck up, and some days are really just hard, and some situations really suck. You know, like. As I am doing my de schooling work and I'm shedding layers, and I'm like, oh, that's a limiting belief right now. It causes me to respond in this way where I can become controlling. That has an effect on my kid or my partner or my community. Um, there can be a lot of discomfort around, like, being called in, for example, to conversations. Yeah. Um, where people are like, hey, that thing that you said or you did, that wasn't that cool, or our kids saying that, right? Like, you know, the other day, Sai was, <laughs> was like, we were having a conversation around screens and screen use and YouTube and all this, and, um, and he was just like, well, you know, if you think that I should be on it less, then you should be on it less. And, of course, there's yeah. that moment of like, Oh, it would just be so much easier to just be like, you're a kid, you have no idea what you're talking about, like, boom. But I'm like, you're so right. Okay, what are we going to do about this? And there's that, that like moment of discomfort. Yeah. Right? There's that moment of, oh, shit, this is not the script that I recall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I had this happening just a couple of weeks ago. Um, we were leaving our home And the door was open, and while Theo was walking out, he said something um, to his dad. And if you didn't know the context, and if you didn't like hear all of what he was saying, it could come off as very rude. And immediately, I mean, I had this instant reaction. I did not sit with discomfort, my friend. I went straight in to try to fix this, and Mm -hmm. I was like, Tail, like the neighbors are outside maybe you know we could talk in another way so that the neighbors and he's he, he just looked at me and he was like are you trying to control me are you trying to tell <sighs> me that. are you trying to tell me that i can't be myself because you're afraid of what people are going to think of you and you are parenting the adult gaze. Yeah, and I was like, yes, uh, actually, yeah, apparently. Okay, I need to sit with this now. I need to. And the thing is, what I think is so important here is that if we just f- try to fix things, we're on autopilot and we, we just try to escape from this awful feeling of discomfort, we're not going to do the work. We're not going to be able to peel off all of of those layers and look at what is actually going on inside of me because that is what we're trying to change
0: I mean I think in in unschooling and conscious parenting what like there's the kind of this gray zone right where it's like your starting point and what you what you're working towards and the gray zone is like the figuring things out so like figuring out what flow works for your family figuring out what boundary like what are your boundaries what are your needs um how to communicate that and and it gets really messy sometimes because we don't always have the tools we don't always have the things to say or you know like when new things come up uh and we're because it's not dogma, right? It's not like one way to do things. Every family is different. But we still have a lot of expectations. You know, we have expectations
1: on what it should look like. You know, what does it look like? What does an unschooling kid look like? Oh, they're super creative all the time and they're taking initiatives and they're being kind and generous because we are modeling so well, you know? And then suddenly they're being bored they're angry, they're nasty, they don't want to share, and they're super unkind.
0: And then you have people from the outside world, like, judging. Like, this is because you let them do whatever you they want.
1: Or yourself. You yourself. You know, you're asking, like, what
0: the fuck am I doing? Am I raising a monster?
1: This is not working?
0: Right. Right. So it's those moments, right, where it's, like, it's so, I think, easy to be like, well, this is not working. This is shit. Um... I'm going to, because we want to fix, because we want to, you know, have that like gold star of perfect unschooling parents. Because we don't
1: want to feel these feelings. We don't want to feel like a failure. We don't want to be in fear. We don't want to sit with discomfort. We want to move on from there very fast.
0: Right and and that's what I where I think the work is like for me personally right now that is like the other day Sai was super upset about something I'm gonna share this more on like details about this on the next podcast because it has a lot to do with my awareness around his neurodivergence and like lagging skills and ways that I can support him but he was really upset we made a decision to you know have really clear boundaries and limits around screen use um Because he was having a real big challenge for it and it wasn't working for our family. And so he was super upset about it. And some adults in the space were like, well, it's okay. And I was like, no, like, we're not going to fix this. Like, this is where we're at right now in our family. We're at this crossroads of this discussion, of this dialogue where we're sharing our feelings, we're sharing our needs. We're raw and real right now. And sometimes that doesn't look pretty. And sometimes that means that we can be upset. And so I was just like, Sai, I hear you. I hear you. It fucking sucks right now. I'm not having a good time with this either. But we need to figure this out. Like, maybe we just need to sit with this right now. Maybe we just need to sit in this discomfort. And I was like, that's what it is. It's like we're so eager to, like, get to the other side of discomfort that we're sometimes missing out on like true connection to ourselves and to the people in front of us because we're not meeting ourselves where we're at and it was like a really beautiful moment where I was like do you need a hug I need a hug right now and he was pissed and I was pissed and he did walk away and then he came back and we hugged each other and I was like it just sucks right now really sucks and yeah I think that that idea of like we want to push through to get to the other side, I see very often happening with our deschooling processes. like in learning communities, with facilitators, with parents, it's like we want to be this ideal unschooler, deschooler, facilitator, whatever that looks like, whatever that looks like. And it it means that we're kind of not just being present. we're not pausing and being present. In, in the uncomfortableness of the unknown. It also
1: makes me think about this whole thing that we don't know, you know, we don't know anything about the future. Um, and very clearly, we're still living a moment of uncertainty. We have no clue where things are going how things are developing and what i can see in most parents is just this like huge fear around the future and wanting to kind of guarantee the outcome of our kids lives you know Uh, how can we make them successful survivors basically and i think that um a lot of i mean most most people still send their kids to school and school is no guarantee for success obviously but but we kind of trick ourselves into believing that this is the recipe you know you send them to school and then they get their diplomas and then they can continue to university and they will get degrees and they will be safe but the fact is that that's not true and i think that for unschoolers um, we're trying to to change that idea of what success looks like, but we're still having that need for protecting our kids. We still wanna make sure that they turn into successful survivors. And it's just that we've chosen another path and it's a path that is really uncomfortable because it's excruciatingly clear (laughs) that there are no answers and that there's no truth. And that there is no certain road or path that they can travel in order to get there. And I think that that is extremely uncomfortable for many parents, unschooling parents specifically, obviously. And I think that that also leads us many times not to be able to handle our kids' choices very well. So many times they will choose activities or, or do things that we find really, um, frankly, annoying sometimes, useless, pointless, you know, meaningless. And instead of sitting with that discomfort and looking at it where it's coming from and questioning it, we will interfere too much.
0: Yeah, so what I'm hearing and feeling and what I've seen is, is like when we don't know, Right When we're in that gray zone, yeah. when we're figuring things out, when we don't have the answer, when there is that, like, we're trying it, let's see what happens, they, it's easy to fall back onto tools of oppression, right? So yeah. it's easy then to start, you know, like, wanting to control outcomes, focusing on outcomes instead of process. Um, even like using certain language where it's like we can begin to disempower others through our actions through our speech like that whole idea about like we're uncomfortable and so my go-to is going to be something that is probably going to disempower you and disempower myself in the process absolutely and so I think what has been super helpful in terms of like my own unschooling process deschooling process and also working with kids working with youth working with families has been to see the power of literally just sitting in the discomfort yeah so you know for example we had a learner who wanted to go home in the middle of the day one day um because they were really missing their their parent yeah and understandably so but there was really no possible way that their parent was going to be able to be there in that moment, you know? And so this young person was really upset. And so, of course, inside, I'm like, oh, my gosh, young person crying, like, never feels good Oh, what do I do? Like, and then all of the other things like, am I not good enough? Is Are they not feeling safe around me? Like all mm, of my fears, yes. because there's a moment of discomfort, all of the fears that come up, all the stories that I start telling myself, you know, it, it something I could easily have done was like, it's okay. Don't feel like that. You're going to see your mom later and try to like cover, patch it up. Yeah. Because it's uncomfortable and because I want to fix and, you know, all of those things. Or, again, just be like, yeah, I hear you. It's And, like, support this young person to recognize what it is that they're feeling and, like, be in, like, in control of their own emotion. Yeah, absolutely. And their environment. So it's like, okay, well, this is not possible right now. But what do you want to do instead? Yeah, you know, so like instead of trying to make the emotion go away,
1: which is obviously impossible because there are unmet needs underneath those emotions, looking at it and figuring out the needs and figuring out if there is
0: another strategy. Exactly, exactly. But I think it comes from that moment of just being like, yeah, this is where we're at right now, and it doesn't feel good. Um, it's not to say like, I'm going to sit in this feeling things, feeling like shit forever phase, but there's like something really powerful in that moment of we're in the bucket of discomfort right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to try to control the outcome. I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to acknowledge that this is where we're at. And together we could try to come up with some different things that we can do You know, or maybe we're just going to sit in here together. Like I'm literally picturing a big bucket, (laughs) you know, where it's like, we're going to sit in here together. And I don't know. I think about like things that have happened to me in these, in this past year, you know, like death is also something that of course is like a huge discomfort. Yeah. And when people are no longer like in this plane of existence, um, you know, like that, that mourning, that grief, but also, there's like something really um, healing of when you recognize, like, okay, this is what it is, you know, and like sit with that discomfort of that person being gone, you know, like that. W- that's been a huge lesson for me mm. of recognizing, um, like, observing my life. Yeah, you know, instead of being an active participant. Like, taking a step back and just being like, okay, this is where we're at right now. And just holding space for myself in that. Yeah. So really what I'm talking about here is like, being able to slow down and focus on literally just what's happening in the moment. You know, like, what you're feeling, what you're needing, uh, sensations in your body, um like thoughts and being present with that. So like going back to, for example, the the example of, of the young person in the mm. space that wanted to go yeah. home, what made that moment so powerful was that all this young person needed was to be heard. Like she just needed to be like, I'm really sad. I'm missing my mom and cry.
1: Yeah.
0: And because I wasn't trying to like fix it and okay, we're going to get your mom here, but no, she can't come and you know, it was like, okay, how are you feeling? Like supporting her to just have that space to be yeah.
1: where she could connect fully to
0: herself. To herself. Yeah. You know, just connect with where she was at in that moment and sit in her discomfort without there being an outcome. Like I wasn't like, okay, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to get do this and this, that, and then here are the options. It was just like, yeah, it sucks right now she was she literally like wiped the tears off of her face and was like, "Okay, I'm ready to play
1: oh. and it was
0: just such this beautiful moment, you know afterwards, as facilitators, we were all like in tears because it was such a gift, you know, it was such a reminder of sitting with discomfort, yeah, that it's not there isn't always an answer, there isn't always a right or a wrong way. sometimes you just are where you are, and it's like we're gonna figure this out or we're just gonna sit here and i don't know is this what like zen monks do (laughs) (laughs) i always circle back in podcast episodes i'm like i think this is what enlightenment is you know but there's this feeling it's just this feeling of okay wow this really shitty thing is happening yeah and i mean and and i think that it's like
1: i think there are two different things it's like we have discomfort and the kids have discomfort right and and when we see them having discomfort, we're feeling the discomfort too. And that's when we're trying to fix it. And I mean, how many, I, I hear so many parents, like, you know, when they have a kid that falls. Oh, no, no, get up, get up. Nothing happened. It's all good. No pasa nada, you know. And, and it's like, hey, this person just fell. It very clearly hurt, you know. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And so that's one thing. And then the other thing is like, yeah, when we're having like these huge feelings and it's just so uncomfortable but it feels like the go-to is always the same like get rid of the feeling right and I mean we've talked a lot about this in shielding our kids from from emotions um in a previous episode but but still like just sitting with it and and actually be able to model that for our kids too yeah like you say oh this sucks I really hate being in this place right now
0: I hate feeling like this It also makes me think about unschooling dogma too, which is like so dangerous. And I think we've all like fallen into, into that pitfall at one point or another, where it's like, this is how it should be. And it's like, actually, no, like everybody's different. Everybody has a different path, a different family, different needs, um, that everyone's working through. And so, you know, I think that it's easy to fall into that pitfall, when you're having a a wobbly moment or you're like having a moment of discomfort where like maybe you don't know how to set clear boundaries with your kids or maybe Mm. you know your kid it is looking more like a free-for-all and you're like no this isn't what i want and you're trying to like come to agreements and you're getting into certain practices that are new and you're like establishing a new way of communicating and like it's not pretty it's messy and It's like figuring out what works for each family is sometimes it's more smooth than other processes and most of the time it's like trial and error
1: yeah and I think that also like what you're getting at a little bit is that yes it's a process for sure and it's not always pretty but it's not about trying to fix things it's like we want to do so much all the time and I think that sometimes It's actually doing less and being more present. Like the difference between doing and being, you know, just try to be, uh, be with this. You can be bored and it's okay. Uh, And your kid can be bored and that's okay too. You
0: know, you don't need to fix any of those things. It's okay to, to be bored. Yeah. And you could be in a moment where your family is like trying to just figure it out. Like, I don't really know if this is working or not working, but like we're trying it. I love this about the Agile model. And when we do come into community through our immersions, and even in other work that we do, we really try to like bring in these Agile principles, which is like this idea of like once we communicate our needs, once we understand where we're all coming from, we understand what's working, what's maybe not working for everybody, being Agile about it, like yeah. saying, we're going to try this for now. We're going to try out... You know, like maybe we're going to try some limits on screens because this other thing isn't working. Or maybe we're going to try to have a little bit of a a loose structure to our day. Or maybe we're the opposite. Maybe it's like we're going to try, just go for it and see
1: what happens. And see what happens and then evaluate
0: it and see if what
1: worked, what didn't work. Can we tweak it? Like what needs to change? Like I can see so clearly that many parents they're very eager to get that very answer you know like this this is the rule that works or this is the agreement instead of understanding that everything changes you know Um, and that we need to change with it and that's why i like looking at it more like let's try this then we evaluate and if it works fantastic and then it might stop working and then we need to look at it again.
0: Yeah, and I think the thing that kind of like does end up pushing us to the other side of discomfort is communication. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So like communicating what does that feel like? Yeah. What do we need in that process? What's working for each individual? What is not? What does the family need? What do individuals need? And like, you know, once once you have those conversations and you talk, then then you are on the other side and you're like, oh shit, we have a flow. Now we have a flow. Oh, yeah, this is a boundary that I'm setting. Oh, like you do need support in these areas or, you know, oh, I will not be going to that family member's house. <laughs> you know, whatever it is that yeah. comes out of actually sitting with it and, and like, I don't want to say analyzing it, but like just seeing what pops up in our emotional Range of being, you know, like yeah. see what pops up for us. See what limiting beliefs, what memories, what things we're working through. Um, holding um, like having spaciousness. Yeah, for, for there to be a process to work yeah. through. I was talking to to um,
1: families yesterday, to couples, and they they were also in this thing of like screens and band time.
0: And,
1: um, you know, it's so easy to want that quick fix, that solution that will just make all the problems go away so we don't need to feel all these frustrating and annoying feelings. Um, But we talked so much about, like, that it's really not about the solution. It's about the relationship. It's about talking about these things with our kids and uh, to be able to... Hold space for them and for us, and and be able to share what's really going on for us, like in a very vulnerable and authentic way.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's you know, there's a lot of talk in the unschooling, deschooling world around like this idea of trusting the process, mm, and like yeah. you can't just trust the process. It's not about like oh, I'm just trusting. And I I understand that perspective. Um, however, for me, that sitting with discomfort that figuring things out that trying for me personally is like what is at the heart of my de-schooling process that is the process process. and that i have trust in yeah i trust the process of like moving through things you know like i i trust that because we're having conversations about it because i'm like doing a lot of freaking hard work to tune into like what it is that i feel what is it that i need what are my boundaries and being able to communicate that like that's the process yeah. that i trust it's not this blind like
1: okay whatever no because that could turn into negligence yeah. and a free for all that, That's that's like, too yeah oh yeah absolutely
0: and i think that that's definitely not what what i mean by it i mean this process of like recognizing where we're at and really i mean giving space and time to ourselves and to others to figure each other and the things out and yeah maybe there's like a whole other podcast episode on time <laughs> are we <t-schooling laughs> time right now <laughs> is that what this is about or trust <laughs> Yeah,
1: so bringing this back to sitting with discomfort, I think that the whole point with why we want to do that is that it's like a gateway.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think of it like as an opportunity, right? Like all things that are uncomfortable, there's another side. And on the other side, there's opportunity for growth, there's opportunity for connection, there's opportunity for understanding oneself and another person in a different way. So we can only get there by sitting with discomfort.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that's why we're encouraging ourselves and others to do it, because otherwise there wouldn't be a point. And I also want to say that, yes, when we feel uncomfortable feelings, of course, like the impulses to run away from those feelings and try to oppress them or just get rid of them, but then we miss out of this opportunity.
0: And we miss out on change. Yeah. miss out what's on the other side of that discomfort.
1: Yeah. Change and growth.
0: Yep.
1: There's not just one way to unschool, and there's no good unschooling or bad unschooling unschooling is child-led which means that we need to adapt to our kids needs instead of forcing them to adapt to circumstances they're not ready for this is true for all young humans but especially for our neurodivergent kids in the next episode of radical learning talks we share some of what we've learned and discovered being moms to two neurodivergent kids